again to Living in the Way. Uh, this is a really exciting subject that we get into today. Today we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And this is the first part of a, a number of uh, sessions that we're going to do around the Holy Spirit. And it's great to have a couple of mates with me. Uh, first of all, I've got Tim Bailey with us. Tim Bailey's... Uh, a house church leader in the way, and it's great to have you here today, mate, and sharing with us on this. Thanks, Todd. Good to see you, man. Yep. And we've also got, visiting from Thailand, Sam Platt. Um, Sam's involved, or at least up until this point, has been involved in uh, ministry into the um, saving people out of the sex trafficking industry and uh, Sam, why don't you say g'day, as we say here in Australia, and um, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing over in Thailand. Oh, g'day, mate. <laughs> well done. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, yeah, we've spent uh, the first two years uh, work as a family with me and my wife, and we have four kids, working in uh, Chiang Rai, Thailand with an organization called Destiny Rescue, yeah. which sought out uh, children who were being used and abused for the sex trade, and then... Actually, that was mostly my wife's role. I helped out a little bit, but she was the director of HR there for them. And as time went on, I actually got connected with a different organization called SWAT Ministries, which was training and equipping the different um, facets of anti-trafficking for um, defending themselves, either uh, victims of human trafficking, uh, teaching them how to defend themselves and giving them back the authority to defend their body and, and their rights, um, and their choices, as well as equipping the different investigators and, and police around, teaching them how to defend themselves and how to better do their jobs and more safely do their job of seeking out and rescuing kids. Well, that's, that's intense. <laughs> so uh, yes. uh, got a couple of websites for us. Uh, we have andgodsaidgo.com, all one word. Um, and also you can look up destinyrescue.org. That's an Australian website, so it's probably .com.au. And yep. also um, SWAT Ministries International. you got to watch out because there's actually a lot of SWAT ministries. There's spiritual women against trafficking. There's all sorts of stuff. There's like sewing circles. It's great. <laughs> well, so it's SWATministriesinternational.com. Fantastic. So if you want to learn a little more about it, go check it out. But uh, today we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And uh, just just to start off, maybe uh, if you guys would like to tell us a little bit, Tim, maybe about your first encounter with the Holy Spirit and a little bit about what that looked like perhaps. Yeah, sure. So... I mean, I would say that, you know, um, I guess I've experienced more and more of the Holy Spirit over the last three or so years. But having been a Christian for a long time, I would say the first real memorable experience of the Holy Spirit I had was when um, when he actually called me to begin with. Um, and I know this is not everyone's story, but for me, um, as a teenager, I can remember hearing, hearing God actually say to me, Tim, I love you. And um, at the time, I needed to hear that. And um, I believe that was, yeah, the Holy Spirit knocking on my door, if you like, and, and meeting my needs in that particular day. 
Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. What about you, Sam? What, you know, what stands out to you as a memorable moment that you, you say, wow, I, I know I met the Holy Spirit in that time? Um, when I was 16, I was kind of a, essentially a, I didn't, I believed in God, but I didn't really see or understand the Holy Spirit at all. I, I went to a church that was pretty much a cessationalist church, which is just to say that what the Holy Spirit did in the Bible was great and probably done. Um, he's probably not doing any of that now. That would be their, their kind of tagline. So that was the way I was raised, and that's the way I effectively thought. And then, actually, my girlfriend at the time went to a church and was saved quite radically. And these people were speaking in tongues and prophesying and doing all these sorts of crazy things. And I thought that was crazy. But the thing I couldn't get past was the change in her life and the fruit yeah. in her life and how vastly different she was. And, like, everybody has good days. Like, oh, you know, that's great. That's great for her. But, you know, as time went on, I was unable to deny the change that the Spirit had made in her life. Yeah. And fantastic. so that was... Yeah. And I think that's one of the things about the Holy Spirit, too, is that that when you come in contact with the creator of the universe, <laughs> it has an impact. <laughs> yeah, sure does. So uh, we're going to have a look at a few scriptures around the Holy Spirit. And uh, the first one, of course, is uh, to, we want to just bring out that the Holy Spirit is God. Right? He, he's, he is part of the Trinity. And so the first time that we see the Holy Spirit in scripture is actually found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And uh, Tim, would you like to read that out for us? Sure. Um, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So here we have the Spirit of God was actually there as part of the, the creation of the world. And I, I think it's really important to bring out that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we are talking about God. And right there, right at the start of everything, here is the Holy Spirit actually active in that process of the earth being created. Uh, and Sam, do you want to read for us John chapter 14, yeah. verses 15 to 18? If you love me, obey my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into he leads us into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. So here we've got Jesus. He's, he's talking to his disciples and he's saying to, to them, uh, I'm, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to send someone who is going to be with you who's just like me. And for all of us today as followers of Jesus, the promise that Jesus gave to us in this scripture is that he would come to us, that God would come to us in the form of the Holy Spirit. And so we have him with us at, at every moment. You know, I've heard people say, oh, wouldn't it be great to walk the shores of Galilee with Jesus and oh, what questions yeah. I would ask. But can you imagine today if, if, if like we were 
going to to see Jesus, and he had stayed, right? Yeah. So we'd have to hop on a plane, we'd fly to Israel, and get there and probably get on one of the Go and See Jesus tours and uh, hop on a bus with people from all around the world. And But then we probably wouldn't even get to talk to Jesus because there'd be so many people, far more important than us, lined up to have a talk to him. So we would probably... I don't know, is he sustaining the 12 and making them live alongside of him? I don't know. Would we get stuck with talking to, you know, Andrew or... <laughs> I wonder if he would have upsized a little bit since then, you know, put on a couple more disciples. Perhaps, yeah. yeah. Maybe the 12 has become yeah. the 100 or something. And Yeah. yeah. And so I'm, I'm talking to going, this, this guy's name's not even in the Bible. What am I, you know? So yeah. the, the, the reality is, is that how, how difficult would it be? to actually have relationship with Jesus if, if he'd just been a man. And yet now we're, we're told that the, the Holy Spirit is not just with us, but actually in us. The, the depth of intimacy that we can have with God through the Holy Spirit is just phenomenal. Yeah, and of course it's his plan to upside, um, upsize his discipleship, isn't it? You yeah, know, absolutely. Each of us embody him. You know, through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's right, exactly. Uh, we, we often talk about how uh, we are Christ in the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, the same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus to make him able to do the signs and wonders and miracles that he did is now with us and in us. And so the, the things that we see Jesus do, we can also do because... We now carry that same anointing, that, that same spirit that came upon Jesus now rests on us. Yep. So isn't that exciting? Everything that you're reading in the Gospels, that's the kind of thing that you can be looking to do as a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a disconnect between Jesus saying, it's better for you if I leave and send my spirit than if I stay here, because I'm at the point where I'm like, I'd way rather have Jesus sit next to me telling me what to do and how to do and all this stuff. But Jesus is sitting here in the word of God saying, it's actually better that I send the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's something we have to come to terms with. Well, what does that mean? This is a huge, this is a big deal. Mm. I mean, he's telling the disciples, the disciples are already praying for the sick, casting out demons. They're seeing miracles daily in their own life from the ministry, the outflow of Jesus' ministry that yeah. they're playing out in their life. And he's like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. It's going to get even better yeah. when I leave. The Spirit's going to come and it's just going to blow your mind. And, and this I'll is sign the, up for that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and isn't that exactly what happened? You know, like Jesus said to, to his disciples, greater works than these will you do. Mm-hmm. And But you look at what Jesus did. You know, the dude, yeah. he walked on water and... and cast out demons and heal people and fed thousands. And then we see the story of Peter. And Peter's shadow is healing. And it's, you know, we never see Jesus do that. Or we never see his shadow do that. Yep. And, you know, right from the outset, here is scripture recording that um, Jesus' disciples are performing even greater miracles than what, what he did. And so that that means that for us too, that that is what can happen. The Holy Spirit that rests on Peter 
rests on Paul, now rests on you and I. So it's, yeah, exciting. So the next thing we want to bring out is that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's 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 not the force, right? Yeah, right. It's not. We're not talking about Star Wars here. He's it's not yin and yang. It's it's not like he he is a a substance in that sense. He's a person, and uh, I've got listed uh, here a whole bunch of of things in Scripture that show us that the Holy Spirit's a person. In Romans 8, it talks about how the Holy Spirit has a mind. In 1 Corinthians 12, that he has a will. In uh, Romans 15, that he has emotions. Uh, in Hebrews, that he, he speaks. In 1 Timothy, that he speaks clearly to us as his believers. 1 Corinthians 2 tells us that he teaches us. Ephesians 4 tells us that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 10, that we can insult him. So right throughout the New Testament, we see that the everything that we learn about the Holy Spirit shows us that he is a person. He, is, he, he has the attributes that we carry. And so that shouldn't come as a, a surprise to us because in the the first chapters of Genesis, we're told, let us create man in our own image. And so the fact that we are seeing all these personal attributes of the Holy Spirit is because we are the reflection of the Holy Spirit. Uh, In fact, the the most powerful elements of of who God is, the persona, is, is shown in his spirit because it's reflected in our spirit. So, uh, guys, is there, you know, as we're looking down that list, have, have you guys had any moments in your lives where you'd go, yeah, I've actually experienced the, the personality of the Holy Spirit in, in my own life and in my own walk? I think that the Holy Spirit is, that's probably the hardest thing to understand because like he has a will and a mind of his own, um, but it seems so so much like smoke, so much like a mist yeah. that he, throughout the Bible he's just kind of hinted at and talked about and pointed to. But like Jesus has like a personality that you can point to. God has a personality. He gets angry. He does these things. But the most easy to abuse or to overlook is the Holy Spirit because it's like. How do you describe what he does? How do you describe his personality or who he is? Yeah. Um, and so I definitely have times when I, I, I sense his will upon my life, and his drawing me to do something and calling me to do something and calling me to stuff. But it's hard for me to draw a picture of him, even a, even a, a, a like, like, what does God, what does the Holy Spirit look like? No, you know, it's, it's hard to describe for me what yeah. the Holy Spirit thinks. Does he have a sense of humor? I don't know. You know, I got a sense of humor. I'm a reflection of God. So maybe God in the spirit has a sense of humor, but yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. That's good. Tim? Yeah, the phrase that comes to mind is generously relational. You know, like I feel like the Holy Spirit is is wanting relationship with me, but but giving so much at the same time, seeking out my needs or 
responding to the way I feel or, you know, like a good friend that goes the extra mile, that knows when to bake you a cake and drop it around, that kind of thing. Um, And, you know, all that that calls on that day that you're feeling really ratty. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I would say that the Holy Spirit certainly responds in that way, whether it's, you know, through the phone call of a friend um, that's just perfectly timely or, you know, um, yeah, teaching teaching our emotions or, um, I mean, yeah, for me, I would say, you know, I've, I've been praying a long time, for a long time, that God will, um, will train my heart. And I really feel like um, the Holy Spirit does that, you know, sort of places passions and, mm-hmm. and desires and, um, you know, dissatisfaction or, yeah. you know, um, holy discontent, if you like, yeah. um, in my heart for various things. And, um, yeah, and, and all the time try and meet those various needs, mm. um, yeah, on a day-to-day I, basis. I actually really like what you said there about, you know, that phone call from a friend at just the right time. Yeah. How um, when when we respond to, as you said, Sam, those those little promptings, those little nudges mm-hmm. uh, that often the Holy Spirit is using us as his as his body, mm-hmm. as Christ's body, to uh, minister to each other, to to build each other up. I think that's a beautiful picture of of how God works in our lives is the uh, the, the using of each other to express the heart of God to one another. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that that's a fantastic picture. Um, we were saying earlier about uh, how... You know, if Jesus was here, how hard it would be to to reach him. Mm-hmm. And I think that the the fact that he is not here is uh, something that I really want to kind of pump, right? And to to get that idea across to you as a listener is Jesus isn't here. The one the the active member of the Godhead, the active agent of the Godhead, who is here is the Holy Spirit. And he always points to Jesus. But when we're praying, when we're seeking to hear from God, that member of the Godhead that we're actually engaging with and we're, we're, we are touching, as it were, is the Holy Spirit. And uh, there's a couple of scriptures, of course, that, that help bring that out. Um the, the first one, maybe, Sam, if you want to read it, John sixteen seven. Yeah. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So the advocate is the Holy Spirit. And, and he's saying, it's, as we brought out earlier, it's best that, that I go away, because then the Holy Spirit's going to come. And in Acts one eleven. Yeah, it says, men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. So we haven't seen Jesus come back the way that he left. How did he leave? Went up in the clouds. The the disciples are standing there watching him. And and then uh, these angels appear to him and say, what are you doing here? 
Why are you still hanging around here? You, you know, there's no use staring into heaven. He's gone. And uh, he's not coming back again until he returns the same way you've seen him go. And the, the thing that Jesus had told them just prior to this event is, I want you to go and wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. And what I find really interesting about that is here these guys are. They've spent three years following the man, Christ Jesus. Three years. You'd think if anyone in the world was prepared to do the work that God had for them, it would have to be these guys. Mm. Three years following the man. And yet he says to them, go out and start ministries. Go plant churches or build schools or open hospitals or orphanages. No. He says to them, go and wait. And uh, we're, we're going to have a look at that, that scripture um, right now. So uh, let's have a read of, maybe Tim, if you want to have um, a read of, Acts 1, uh, verse, well, we've read verse 11, but let's just read prior to that, uh, 6 to 10. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. Yeah, so there we have this, you know, he, he says to them, I want you to, to go and wait until you receive power. And... The, the, the thing that I love about this scripture is what did they have to receive power for? It wasn't for the signs. It wasn't for the miracles. It was for what? To be his witnesses. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is the thing, is that the reason that you need the Holy Spirit to come upon you, and if you're listening to this and you haven't had the experience that we're about to read about in the next chapter 2, I want you to understand that this is the reason why you need to experience this coming of the Holy Spirit into your life is because Jesus himself, this is red letter, right? If you've got a Bible that's got the, the yeah. red letters yeah. in it, this is red letter. This is Jesus himself speaking and he's saying, for you to be effective as a witness for me, you need this. I think that that's such a powerful thing to understand is that without this baptism, this immersion of the Holy Spirit in our lives, our ability to effectively pass on to others what's happened to us is dramatically reduced. So what's it actually look and feel like? Let's have a look. We're going to have a look at uh, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 18. And uh, 
this is a big read. I'll let you guys throw to one another through this as you like. But uh, maybe, Sam, if you want to start us off. Sure. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and as they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius and the province That's the best. Oh, and then there's some more. Phrygia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and areas of Libya around Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, that's an easy one. Both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans, Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about what wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're all just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews, residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Wow. What an intense picture that here they are gathered in this upper room, the Holy Spirit comes, tongues of fire, wind, prophesying, speaking in other languages, and it makes such a kerfuffle that people from the whole city come running just to see what's going on. And, you know, Peter, remember Peter, the dude who (laughs) who hid away three times denying Jesus? This guy stands up in front of everybody and makes this statement about how, you know, speaking with thousands, puts it right out there and says, this is what was promised to us long, long ago by by Joel the prophet. What an amazing experience. Um, I guess as we go through the book of Acts and in other sessions we're going to have a look at this, but what you see is every time somebody receives the Holy Spirit, the way I describe it is there's something to see and something to hear. And it is... They prophesy and they speak in tongues. And, and it's, it's replicated right throughout the book of Acts and uh, in no bigger way than we see here on, on the day of Pentecost, as we call it. Um, Tim, I know that you have experienced this. Do you want to tell the people who are listening what that moment was like for you? 
Oh, so you mean specifically the first moment when I received the Holy Spirit as opposed to more general? Yeah. yeah. Cool. I was just looking at this passage here where it says your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So it must be the visions that I'm having, Todd. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually have sleeping visions. Yes. Because yeah. I'm not old. So That's right. I have sleeping visions. So I don't dream at all. <laughs> um, I get that. Um, yeah, well, for me, you know, I would say that there were significant steps in the process. I wouldn't say it was a five-second, here's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but there were definitely stages of of letting go for me. Um, and so part of that included, you know, um, spending some carpet time, as I like to call it. Yeah, yeah. You know, just um, allowing the Holy Spirit to wash over me and, you know, um, letting go of, you know, my idols, if you like, and, yeah. and, and asking for that, I guess, getting myself out of the way. Yeah. Um, other moments um, were, uh, I guess, just feeling led to move around a meeting in prophetic acts. Um, <laughs> you know, some might call it making a fool of yourself, except it was via the Holy Spirit. And, yeah. um, you know, he was had me handing out bucket loads of, of treasures to people. Um, and If you don't understand what he means by that, then... Come to a without walls meeting at some point, you'll and then you'll get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And look, it was it was great. It was definitely a significant moment for me. And you know, I'd say the tongues thing for me came a little bit later. That was yeah. another on another occasion. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, some people prayed for me, and and um, we, yeah. I guess the Holy Spirit gave me that gift. As um, can I ask, did that happen in the in the moment when they prayed for you, or did it happen afterwards? Because I think it's important to understand that yeah. some people they get prayed for, and it happens right there and then, and other people get prayed for, and maybe they're home later, or they're in the car, or a few days later. What was it like for you? Yeah, well, I would say that you know there was. There was prayer for me to receive the Holy Spirit a, a number of times, and each each time I felt like there was a significant step. Yeah. Um. And I had asked for the gift of tongues, and um, yeah. But it was later in a meeting that somebody, oh, a number of people actually prayed for me that I would receive that, and um, it certainly began that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was something that um I had to. Um, I guess walk in over time as well, and um, be free to kind of be obedient in that and to not doubt. Um, yeah, um, you know, speaking in tongues is not something. It's not something that the body automatically does. You do have to partner with it and agree with it. Really good. So yeah, I appreciate that. I think that's really good. And we're going to talk about this in other sessions about mm. how to actually step into it. But I. I really appreciate you sharing that, that um, the idea that you had to partner with it. Mm-hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He doesn't force his way into any of our lives. Just like we choose to follow Christ, we choose to partner with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate you bringing that point out. That uh, We walk with him. We, we choose to partner. We choose to engage and as we do that, then he's free to flow through us. And the more we open up, the more we partner, the more he's able to do through our lives. As fear gets out of the way, as, as faith builds and trust him, he's able to use us more and more like he uses Jesus Christ. So that's it. Our time's up for... 
for today and uh, I really appreciate you guys stepping in and uh, I don't know, maybe before you head back to Thailand we'll get a chance to do another one. It'd be great to have, yeah, have you back fun. soon. Yeah, fun. Thanks for having me. Bless you guys. I pray that the Holy Spirit is, is made known in your life that as you lay hold of God that he will reveal himself to you. And I pray that you would step into this baptism that you're learning about today and in these future sessions. Bless you. Talk to you soon.